0: This is O.J. Howard, and you're listening to Western Watch.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today is a very, very special guest—one of the biggest fish we've ever been able to land to come here on the pod. She is the lovely and smart Lisa Ann. You can find her on Twitter at the real Lisa Ann. She is a uh, international film star and entrepreneur she's also a terrific fantasy analyst you can listen to her on SiriusXM uh, with the guru in the mornings Monday Wednesday and Thursday also you can find her uh, on Twitter giving her picks for Bavada and just doing a bunch of other cool stuff with fantasy football and I guess even NBA and stuff these days Lisa Ann what the hell's going on
0: Yeah, man. How do you feel? First of all, thank you very much for having me on. It's always great to listen to you. I enjoy listening to you on Fantasy Sports Radio. And I get to catch your shows, and I'm always using the app on demand so I don't miss anything. So (laughs) you may not realize I'm always following and listening. But you know, we went through such a weird thing this year. And then all of a sudden, we got into this like sports overload with like, what do I choose? How many straight hours can I watch a day between baseball, (laughs) basketball? I I don't know if you know this about me but I love watching golf like I love I watch every single tournament I love it nothing looks better on a big screen than golf but then it's throwing me off because I've got to have on NBA on other TVs and now here we go we're facing NFL season with other options and it's just wild but it's really exciting and it's really making us a little bit more comfortable staying home and a little bit busier as well
1: no yeah and I mean it's just for me it's yeah I'm just trying to keep up with, this, with what's going on in training camps. You know, It's my job to kind of know this stuff. And we, we're not getting to travel quite as much. Thankfully, Byron has been able to talk his way into a couple of camps down in Florida so far this week. And um, they're kind of getting a little, at the very beginning, it was just really hard to, whenever these teams didn't know even what they were going to do as far as handling camps and practices, they weren't going to allow a fantasy football outfit from, from Sirius to come in and, you know, they have their tier one, their tier two people, their sure. tier three local media, and they're just—they were just like, "Look, we're not taking any chances." After they've kind of gotten into the swing of it and they kind of know how things work, it feels like they're some—some some clubs are opening up a little bit to letting people in. So we're—we're gonna, we're gonna hope to get to at least a few more camps, but it's been it's been like you said with all the other all the sports coming back it's like it's hard, hard to keep up man hard to keep up with everything going on i know that your your primary focus though is, is is fantasy football and so i just wanted to ask you i can't believe we've hung out all the time and stuff but i've never even asked you i was thinking about what could i ask lisa and like how did you even get into fantasy like have you always played it's like you just jump right in. It's like an analyst. Great, you're super is, good at this stuff. You're going like, to
0: laugh at this story. But I knew nothing about fantasy when I first met with Matt Deutsch at Fantasy Sports Radio.
1: But are you kidding? Nothing. Ohio. But
0: here's okay. the thing. A ton of my friends played it um, who I would tell them, I know I could do this because I know you're not smarter than me. But the thing was, I followed sports just nonstop through my career, traveling on the road. One of the greatest things I was able to do was visit a lot of stadiums, ballparks. Parks, You know, I made sure that when I was booking gigs, I was like, okay, who's playing where? I mean, going to different baseball stadiums all over the US was so awesome. I saw almost every NFL stadium and probably half the NBA arenas and a couple hockey arenas as well. So like, that kind of kept me studying the local team because if you're going to go to a game, you know, you're in Toronto, you're going to get to go to the SkyDome, you know, Rogers Centre, um right. you're, you you want to know who the players are. You start to learn. So I found myself, you know, gearing up for trips and studying different cities' teams and really getting more involved and in, deeper involved in. And so when it came to understanding the actual game of fantasy I understood it because I knew the valuable players that were in each different city on each different team in different <laughs> right. sports. Baseball, not as much. It took me a little bit longer to learn fantasy baseball because it is grueling, okay? But right. when I met up with Matt Deutsch, I was actually doing a show on Playboy Radio, which then went to like Spice Radio, and it was on Monday nights. And my fans that would meet me on the road would know that it grinded me to be doing a show on a Monday night and missing the Monday night football game. So they would always call and kind of give me game updates, right? And my producer would always kind of get on me like, you know, this is the topic here. Your your show is about, it's called Stripper Town. It's about strip club stories. People are supposed to call and tell their stories. I'm like, yeah, but they're keeping me in the loop. And then finally this wore him thin. And just as it wore him thin to the point where I'm like going to lose this gig, he's like, you know, a friend of mine in New York, Matt, Deutsch. He had this fantasy football show with these Playboy Playmates, and I don't think he has it this year. Hey, maybe there's some opportunity there for you. Here's his information. I flew to New York the next week. To meet him, to get an apartment, to put myself close to the studio so that people could get to know me, could understand my work ethic. You know, I have a lot against me coming from my previous life. And I don't judge people for not understanding me because they're just looking at the whole group of people, right? And they're like, what are these people like? Nobody really knows, but nobody thinks super highly. So. I grinded it out, and I reached out to all of my friends that played fantasy football. And one by one, we did mock drafts together. Uh, they they showed me all the different platforms, you know, from all how you could draft on all these different sites, where to get good information. And, of course, I always had SiriusXM, so I could easily listen to the channel. And I found that my first year... The fact that the channel, Fantasy Sports Radio, does so many early drafts in like July and August, sure a lot could change for those players, injuries, changes on teams, but for the most part, I would look at the draft board and listen to that whole replay of that show and I would be able to understand which hosts made different picks and why and how different experts built their teams and it kind of gave me different strategies to employ when it was my turn to start drafting my first round of fantasy football squads.
1: No, I just can't. I mean, I I can't imagine just hopping right in and just being as confident as you were right from this. I mean, it's like for me, for me having to go start the like the, the stripper talk show. It's like so far I mean, be like, like. What am I going to I wouldn't even know where to start. But that's that's crazy. But you've obviously uh, de- de- developed your skill set, and something that Byron and I always just say about you is that you're just such an epic hustler. And it's just for people who are hustlers, we can just kind of recognize one another. Yeah. And it's, um it's, it's been, it's been awesome to awesome to get to work with you and see how, see how much your knowledge is sort of, sort of flowered in this industry. But, but just it, still talking about personally with you and fantasy, is there one, like, is there one league that, that you're in that that you care most about? Like my league I care most about So the one I'm with Byron and trash man and the bunch of our friends from college and it's certainly not the most competitive league and it's not the highest buy-in league, but it's the league that really, you know, it's the league that really kicks, kicks me in the jump whenever. Okay. It,
0: I it, have it, one too. Uh, Friends of mine that are firemen here in New York City, Squad 18, the oldest firehouse on the island down in the village. It's a beautiful firehouse, still has the chalkboards up on the wall from how they used to mark the fire trucks when they went out. We've been friends for years, and they've had this fantasy football league, and I really had to wait my turn. I really had to wait until there was a spot available for me in the league, and then I came in, only woman in the league, right? And the first year, I win the league. So that has become like the thing and you know it's very hard to win two years in a row. We normally do our draft in person and they're all just such great dudes. Some of them are now retired and and doing by our training in different states. So they're very interesting people. um, And they play with their hearts. And there's a lot of good smack talk. But they are competitive, but they listen to the channel. So they get all of my information, and then they kind of use it against Um. me, which is such a great way to prepare for a draft but it's not even the money you know, there's a little, it's a little money league. It's just the fact that I love the group of people and I love that they welcome me into this league and it's just so much fun. So I would say the squad 18 is definitely my most competitive and you know, you're most competitive. You set your lineup first. And then you go back and tinker again last. You know, I don't know about you, but I managed 15 teams last season. So you have this way that you make a pass on Saturday night. You go through everything. You write some notes, which you're thinking about tomorrow morning. Then you go through it again Sunday morning. With that league, I find myself like checking it twice, checking it twice
1: and some and sometimes that's your sometimes you your own worst enemy in that way. Oh, sometimes you Lord. sometimes you like the leagues you care a little bit less about and you just don't outthink yourself because you don't you don't you don't circle back to make those idiotic moves. Those leagues leagues you end up not having the painful tilt on, you know, on, on on Sunday about that last minute Sunday swindle. All right, so what about this year? What about this year, Lisa, and the people need their picks. They need to know who who you like this year in fantasy. Whenever you're getting ready, I saw you on Twitter say um, that you have like you know, a ton of a ton of drafts coming up. Maybe not this week or next. I forgot. Yeah, this
0: sixth so through the ninth. I so. now have ten within that time frame.
1: Okay, so you're preparing for these drafts. You're getting ready for them. You're doing all your research. You you have all your um, you have all the all all the time there and all by yourself there in New York City to be to be uh, <laughs> to be looking
0: at it. Yeah. <laughs> who who
1: are your guys? Like who are you? Who who are your guys that you you, you really think you're going to be on your team this year?
0: So I don't know if you know this, but I'm a proud Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, I the Cowboys offense just looks so good this year. Of course, if I could get Zeke, I would. Of course, if I could get Saquon, I would. But I'm surprised that Michael Gallup is still going after Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup's been really an easy get. And then I've been on the O.J. Howard train for maybe too long. Don't judge me. But I just believe that he needed a better quarterback in a better situation. And I think Tom Brady... Could really, we're hearing good things from camp as well about OJ Howard. I think yeah. this could be a breakout year for him. He's going completely overlooked in drafts. Um, you know, I, I try to diversify my leagues because one year I made the mistake of overdrafting too many of the same players. And then you have an injury and you're doing all this extra waiver wire work. And I also look at my leagues as my homework. So, Having diversity gives me more reason to fall in deeper with the news of every player. And then I have this little logbook. It's actually right here. Every year, I write out all of my leagues from the draft to... And I leave pages afterwards for all the moves that I've made, any trades that I propose, even if they get turned down, just because it's great content from on on air, right? And so I use my leagues as this like blueprint for hey, this is what we're going to be talking about this year. I had some fans that were really into Chase Edmonds and picked him up. Didn't even get you know, Kenyon Drake. How do I feel about that? Well, I'll make sure I have some shares of Chase Edmonds as well, even if I don't get Kenyon Drake, so that I could really be following his stats and his progress along the season. So I keep detailed books, and that really helps me just with everything, because look, we draft on so many different platforms that have so many different waiver wire situations. That if you don't note it down, you can easily forget something and then miss something.
1: Right, and, and I think uh, just circling back a little bit, just a little bit of information about OJ Howard. You know, we have Byron down. He he was at Bucks camp just this last. I guess I think he might be there again today. Mm-hmm. But he was there a few days ago, and he said that you know with all. Rob Gronkowski is all anybody talks about in the fantasy with the tight ends the Bucks have this year, but he's like, he's like, OJ Howard is out. is like out there for 90% of the snaps. you got to
0: imagine he's just younger. He's he's also learned the system now. He's also with a quarterback that can really utilize him. And I also think Tom Brady, one awesome thing about Tom Brady, not just how humble he sounds in interviews, not just how committed he is, but I really do think he wants to make these young men better. And O.J. Howard didn't have that with Jameis, nothing against Jameis. He's just not that much of a veteran to be that great of a leader just yet, whereas Tom Brady really is.
1: He's a he's a whore. He, James is a oh, the, the last guy you want leading your locker right. room in your team. You I it. mean he's he's got I mean he's got a, he's got enough of a he's got enough of a magnetic personality. It's just sure. he's not it's just he, he's not the guy.
0: He's not the guy, and he I just think doesn't that have the be,
1: composition of a of a of a leader the same. way.
0: Yeah, everybody. that could be you know. So I'm looking, and I listen. How many years do we do really well with Cameron Bright?
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I just I, I think that people are overestimating Rob Gronkowski's role, and like you said. OJ Howard's he's in some of these he's not even getting drafted. So I, I agree. I, I think that's a really good call.
0: He's um, getting drafted. He's down there, and I'm like, man, I still have to take a kicker in a defense. I have one more spot. OJ Howard's still here. <laughs> I have to take him. The
1: 2020 watch draft cheat sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet is back. Just follow the three simple rules, and an expert quality draft is guaranteed. That's it. Three simple rules. It doesn't get any easier. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software. Where this is impossible to navigate just bring along the roster watch cheat sheet to your draft and dominate it's only 5.99 download now at rosterwatch.com it's the ultimate draft cheat sheet only at rosterwatch.com are there any guys who you're just who you're just avoiding and he said no no way i'm touching them this year
0: I'm not a fan of Kenyon Drake, and now he's in this walking boot. And I feel like if you get Kenyon Drake, you actually have to reach for Chase Edmonds to have that handcuff. That bothers me. And then keeping it in Arizona... I love DeAndre Hopkins. This is not a slight on DeAndre Hopkins at all. But this year specifically, I've been trying to stick with players that are now O.J. Howard is different, but he's such a late pick. I've been trying to stick with players that didn't have to move during COVID, that don't have to adjust to all these new things without with this limited camp. Remember, first 10 days of camp was really just COVID. They didn't really get out there. Now we're starting to see players getting out there. Now we're starting to put pads on. Now we're starting to see injuries. Like this is such an abbreviated situation to build chemistry. And we don't know when he moved. We don't know how close they've been. So that concerns me a bit now when you hear, there's a different side of that with a player like Austin Hooper, who, yes, crushed it with Matt Ryan, but now play with Baker Mayfield. But Hooper went and stayed with Baker at Austin, Texas to work out together. So now I feel just differently like about just like model.
1: right here, just like right here in my neighborhood, just right here in Lake Travis is, is, yeah. is, is where those two were. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: so great. I love that yeah. Baker did that because Baker Baker knows he has a reliable tool there. He needs to use it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that's, that's, that that's an interesting point. Some of these guys, even if they haven't had the time together, they've at least had some time getting together, you know, like, yes. like, like, like Brady did it with Evans and with Godwin and, you know, Daria Goombi. Hayden Hurst
0: it. did it with Matt Ryan. You know, we just heard of certain players, but not everybody was talking about it because I think some people were afraid to put things out on social media while we were all in quarantine.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it it also went it also went in direct opposition to what the the recommendations of the NFLPA, yes, exactly. and, and, and and they didn't want any of that stuff to to, uh, and any of that stuff to uh, cause any troubles for them with with the union. All right, so you do on cameo. I see it all the time. Um, you, you're on cameo, and that's a service for people who might not know where it's like you can have celebrities send you a message or just, you know, i mean i don't even know
0: exactly. you said okay so it, it started with like you know you can do a, a birthday message congratulations um and you know any kind of messages somebody's graduating from college what have you but i you know i've kind of decided to kind of morph my cameo profile into my own thing and so last season i slowly started with the like hey do you want to tell me about your head-to-head matchup i'll do some good Smack talk for you because, like, you know, I'm not getting to be at their drafts, but I'm getting to interact with them through the league. And so this summer, I decided, you know what? Mostly everybody's doing a virtual draft this year. I should market to pick the draft order. And with Cameo, it allows me to go in after I get the list of members in the league. It allows me to DM with my buyer and say, hey, I want to know who is in first. I want to know who is in last. You know, what's your punishment? And I will say, my favorite, it's been so much fun for me because I'm used to entertaining and doing this is so entertaining to me. I write out a little bio about the league Then I write all their names. I cut them out, put, pull them out of a hat, talk a lot of smack, give some (laughs) tips about their draft. Um, You know, don't drink and draft things like that, but it's been spectacular. And what I've been loving is punishments. So one league, I just did a draft order for the guy has to carry a shake weight with him to every league event for the year. The shake weight, remember the old shake weight?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. The um
0: another team that? That,
1: it's like a dumbbell that you yeah. shake it and it's he going, has to yeah. walk
0: around shaking it every league event. <laughs> another team, it was two guys, so they're sharing the team. They lost last season, so they have to sit in an Applebee's. For all day without getting thrown out, which means Applebee's will keep making you order move food. Like they have to sit there all day. Oh One week has a commemorative license plate cover the frame that says, I suck at fantasy football. Whoever <laughs> loses puts that on their car for a year. <laughs> Neighborhood <laughs> leagues where the loser has to cut everyone's grass for a month over the summer. Like I am just getting to learn about people and the fun that they have with their drafts, and I'm absolutely loving it.
1: Do do they get do the do the Applebee's guys get to at least tell the Applebee's employees that they're having to, that they're having to do this? Or do I sure
0: hope so.
1: <laughs> just
0: <have to laughs> they're going like to be banned for life the, the one waitress will be like i think those guys are creepy like why are they sitting here all day but it's a great outlet for me i'm really enjoying it and it just brings me a lot closer to really the fantasy football community right and and getting oh, to know leagues, yeah. you know when i hear the history the league's been in, in together for 25 years and they'll give me like this guy's a new dad this guy got married last year this guy you know i'm getting to be a part of this Event for them, but I'm getting to know about their lives and it just reminds me how excited we all are for fantasy football season.
1: Is, is, is there a draft slot that you like best in 12 team leagues that, that you, you know, if you're giving it to the Whenever you're given these, given all these draft orders out, have you thought about kind of where you would like to have your draft order? If you, if, if I
0: kind of you know. like six through nine this year. How about you? I think you don't get too hop heavy. You still get a good uh, running back with the first pick, potentially a good receiver, um, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe a good combo there. Uh, Eckler and Tyree kill or, you know, Josh Jacobs. If you're, if you're a Josh Jacobs or a Miles Sanders, if you're a Miles Sanders, um, I like that spot. I just did two drafts when I was in the first spot, when I was in the last spot, didn't like either. It's great to get Christian McCaffrey, but your world really starts to fall apart when you're putting players in your queue and you can't put them in there fast enough. Cause they're just getting taken, taken and taken and taken right before your pick. No. That one player you're hoping is still there gets taken.
1: Yeah. I, I like, I like to pick around. I think that if, if there's one specific like way that I'm super excited to come out of the, my first four rounds is if I can get a pick at like pick 10 and I can somebody like a Joe Mixon or, you know, may sometimes Derek Henry will fall. Yes. You know, just, yes. just like a, like a premier running back. And then if I can get an alpha wide receiver, like a Julio Jones or a Tyreek Hill with my early second round pick, but there are running backs falling who I think are, who I think are, really good values there at the three, four turn guys like, you know, Chris Carson, David Johnson, James Connor, Todd Gurley, you know, some, if it has to be Le'Veon Bell or Jonathan Taylor, I'm fine with those. I I agree. And so I just think if I can start out with three awesome, like one total bell cow running back, one total alpha wide receiver, And then two of those kind of middling sort of RB, you know RB twos with definite upside to be RB one kind of players. uh, Get two of those guys with my next two picks at the three four turn. I feel like the uh, I feel like the base that I'm starting out with is pretty good. But but the 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 drawback there is like you said it's you know if you pick on one specific end, you worry about like boy. It's gonna be a long time before it comes back to me, and so if right, there's a guy I'm gonna be want, a
0: Devin Singletary, and I'm right. gonna want to run for the border, right? Right, um, yeah. you know. I've been hearing great things. I have friends at Sports Radio 610 in Houston, and I've been hearing great things about David Johnson, which really is changing my opinion. You know, him and Deshaun Watson have been working together and mm-hmm. really changing things up in the scheme there. And I think, like, because what wide receiver can we believe in? Randall Cobb could be a late round pickup that could be worth it. I love Will Fuller, but I just don't trust his health. So that scares me there. But I would be fascinated to see David Johnson come on strong, and for that reason, I'll have a couple shares. For as late as he's going, I'm there. I love Todd Gurley in Atlanta. I like a player on a one year deal. He's kind of singing for his supper right now, right? Uh, he's right. a young player that wants to wants to re up and stay probably in Atlanta. I loved Melvin Gordon, but it does concern me. A little bit of a rib injury, but more than anything, he's having some trouble adjusting to the altitude. And I think that's because a lot of the chambers and things that they normally would be able to use, they're just not letting them use because of COVID. And that is Uh, a big deficit. You know, even in the NBA bubble, they're not letting the players use cryotherapy or the normal ice baths. They're sitting them out by the pool in baby pools filled with ice from the ice machine. Like, it's not <laughs> the same, you know, and it's not the same when they're submerged as opposed to their seven foot feet hanging out the end.
1: Yeah. Those guys are too tall to be in baby pools with <laughs> that. So ice. Cool <laughs> that <though. laughs> yeah, man. The, the, my pool.
0: I can't really imagine the ice spill for the NBA with all of this. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, I, I was, I was going to ask you about any, any crazy cameo requests, but I think that the crazy stories that that is that Applebee's thing is that
0: it's pretty, so, yeah, my pretty, favorite pretty, is that is really good at screening. Um, there's very good limits in screeners on keywords that won't even allow somebody. And I can also just flip up and disregard a message and say, I don't want to do it. So I will say my people have been coming in drones. I'm doing a good dozen of these a day right now. And it's awesome. It is so much fun because now, then they reach out on Twitter with everybody that's in the league. Now I can stay in touch. Now I can hear about the season. Like this just brings everybody closer to all of us, right? Because where are they going to come for their fantasy advice? They're going to come to us because they've gotten to know us.
1: So you mentioned Ken- Kenyon Drake, you're shying away from him a little bit now, especially he's got the walking boot. What about Miles Sanders? Now he's week to week with a lower body injury. We're getting bad reporting from everywhere because these teams are doing all they can to sort of cheat the system and not give up any competitive advantage. So we don't have reporters able to really give us the information that we need with this stuff. How do you handle just that stuff in general? And what is your specific take on Miles Sanders? Are you lo- any lower on him? I, feels like you maybe got to be a little lower on a guy that's got a week to a nebulous week to week, lower body injury, but he was certainly a guy that was poised to take a big step this year.
0: Yeah. I feel a little bit greedy admitting this, but I would like full health with my first two to three rounds on my fantasy league. <laughs> right. And right. we're in this super condensed situation. This is also, like you said, a prime opportunity for teams not to give us the full story. And no matter what, Every day, he's missing reps. We don't know how he worked out on the offseason. We don't know how different he's going to be on the field. You guys can be in the gym all he wants, but not getting the reps in, not building up that stamina, all of these things concern me. So he has dropped down for me. And I. it's funny, like the day before this injury happened, I had just drafted him. And I was like, it's typical that the day after. So I probably won't take any more shares. I mean, hey, if he recovers Maybe I make a trade for him, you know, halfway through the season. Y'all have, right. all have to remember, those players, every player is available on your in your league. You just got to make a fair trade that that benefits both of you. So let's say week five, week six, coming, and you can make a move and help somebody out. You still might get Miles Sanders, but I want to avoid that kind of injury risk. And I also think Philly has so many options um, that I, I don't see why they're going to force him back for game one.
1: Odell Beckham seems like he's healthy, and he's saying that he was hurt all last year. I know you're a big Odell Beckham fan. What do you think? Are you buying the the chances that he could – he could bounce back. He can get that guy now in like the fourth round of some of these drafts.
0: So cheap. It's almost a crime. Like I don't even want him to know where he's going in these drafts. Um, I do think he can bounce back. I also think Baker can bounce back. There's a new regime there. They did some work on the line. Um, I think Baker and Odell have one thing in common and it's ego. And I think a little bit of a bruised ego for a player to replay on the whole off season. And then things Maybe we're not going to have another season to redeem myself. I think that changes everything. And, you know, from players that I have talked to, I've said to them before this all became that we're definitely having a season so many of them just said the same things like you know I'm a teammate by nature I'm used to being around my guys I'm used to competing it's just crushing me this is all I know this is what makes me tick and so I think we're going to see like just like you're seeing a little bit of video at camps where these guys are literally smiling while they're out there if you're not if their mask is down they're smiling they're happy yeah. doing what they love and so I think Odell and Baker could really shine in this situation I don't know how much they worked out together in the off season, and I wish they would focus more on that. And I would have heard more about that.
1: Well, it, but but they at least had the at least they had the chemistry of the one year the, the of yep. the year previous together. So, all right, uh, I, I, I'm I'm very mindful of your time, Lisa Ann. So I just there's Hi. a couple things a, a couple things I wanted to ask you before I let you out of here, just about because just because you just moved back to, to New York City, and of course New York City in the news. You moved from LA to New York City, so a few a few questions that I've always had. Being a um, being a slow talking Texas boy down here, and it's a bit, look. It's about it's about my first question is about taxes. Taxes are they talk about taxes? How bad they are in California? I know personally when I re- recorded a record in New York back in like 2010. I lived there for like six months. I could not believe when I got my pay, when I got my paycheck when I saw not only do they take a federal income taxes, but you guys have a state income tax. And there's a a damn city tax that you have to pay whenever you record this. So my question is, people complain so much about the California taxes. What's your worst, California or New York City?
0: I'd say they're both about par, but the thing, they're both cities, both states are run so differently, and there's definitely – you know, like, let's face it. Okay. So I owned a really big house in LA and now I downsized by 75%. I'm in a really cool apartment. So I don't have a lot of expenses. Right. And I don't have a car. So I don't have car, car insurance. I'm not paying earthquake insurance or fire insurance. So it was actually a lot more expensive to be in California, but you know, For me, I'm really enjoying the just ease of everything. Like I just got so burned out sitting in traffic. It finally just got to me where I was like, do you realize I could listen to five shows on the channel just running my errands every day in traffic? I was in my car at least four hours a day and I really didn't go anywhere further than 30 miles. And I'd go to cryo, I'd go to the gym, I'd go to the post, you know, three, four hours. Like eventually I was like, let's just, you know, now I run my errands. And I walk everywhere. Like, I'm, you know, I take a cab if the weather's bad. But today I had to run out and do something. And it always, like, on the maps, it'll say it's a 35-minute walk. I'm like, that's a 20-minute walk to me. I'm getting that done. And I love the fact that you're getting some exercise while you're going between your yeah. places. So it's got its high points. Also, I'm from Easton, Pennsylvania. So it's only an hour and 10 minutes for me to drive back and see my friends from high school. So I rent a car, drive back. And so that's been a cool kind of thing brought back into my life as well. I had, 30 years in California. It was awesome. It is the best weather in the world. The most beautiful sunsets, like just the best weather. But I missed mother nature. You know, you're in New York. It could be beautiful in the morning and it could storm in the afternoon and then it can get nice again. Like there's so much activity. You look at the weather app every day before you're going out for your walk. Like, okay, I'll wait till after this time. It'll be good. Um, I'm really enjoying this, this change of it all. And since quarantine, I picked up the uh, city bike Were city bikes here when you were here.
1: I don't think, uh, is that some, I don't, if so, it wasn't anything that I ever utilized.
0: So we have city bikes everywhere. It's a membership, you know, and you, you just use an app and unlocks the bike and you could ride the bike, you know, no helmet. So weird. You could be in New York with no helmet, but I decided in March, like I need to have something. So I need to ride the bike through Central park. I need to get out. There's still traffic. I could ride down the middle of the street. So I started bike riding and now I'm doing between 15 and 20 miles a day, every day that it's not raining. Um I'm over s- almost at 700 miles so far since March. <laughs> oh
1: damn.
0: <laughs> But you've got to have something during quarantine. I mean, most people could that
1: bike down to Florida. Jesus people Christ.
0: just don't realize that are living in other states. The island of Manhattan is completely closed till next year. You know, we have a couple outdoor restaurants, but that's it. Uh, I finally was able to get my na- nails and my hair done one appointment at a time. I-, I was like, oh my gosh, I was so elated. Like, I, I miss getting my nails done, but it's like you're sitting behind this plastic shield, you put your hands under this shield. Like, there's, it's so different. Everywhere you go in New York City, they take your temperature. You have to fill out contact tracing forms. Like, this city is taking it so seriously because let's face it, we had a real rough patch. I mean, a real tough time. There was actually a makeshift hospital built at central park to help people during that time. Now, when I ride my bike by it, the grass is just dead. And it just reminds me that this just happened here, you know? So we're proceeding with extreme caution. And luckily for me, I work from home and sports are back. So I don't have to say no to my friends when they want to go out because I have to admit I'm gonna be watching ten hours of TV today. I'm sorry. Well, you know, you mentioned
1: you you, you mentioned that like you guys having all four seasons there, and I, that's so true. I I remember like I'm from I'm from Texas. I've sp- spent my whole life here. I've been to all every state in the lower forty-eight, but I've sp- I've, I've always lived here in the like in the same county in Texas, and it's hot. It's still the hottest the hottest like most miserable day of my life was this day. I, I remember it. We, we played at the movie premiere up there in on Manhattan for this shitty Nicholas Cage movie called the sorcerer's apprentice where okay. our, uh, where our, our, we had a song in that thing. We, having to move it, 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 the show was at Bryant park. And oh, having yeah. to, I all the having time. to, Having to like take our gear, like we didn't, we only had like one roadie. So we were having to take our gear from like Boston 8th Street? or whatever it is and uh, take it all the way up there, like to the top of the park. It, it was like 105 degrees in New York City. I'm just like, are you, are you, are you kidding me? When this is, this hotter, is hotter and it's more humid. It's just it, really it's bad.
0: Remember, and there's trash
1: on the ground and it's and it and the stinks, trash makes it feel hot. Yes. Yeah.
0: Stinks. Okay. Yeah. We have rats. I mean, rats that are the size of small <laughs> dogs. You, the thing is you, there's also the ground holds so much heat here, right? Suns bake it down on all, all the vehicles so that the vehicles create even more temperature. Right. So I oh, yeah. know what those days are like. They are not pleasant.
1: Well, so but but at least it's not true that New York's dead forever, right? You saw that article in the New York
0: Post. I'm- so I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I've had my moments with this conversation. Um I, I have, you know, after the after the looting here, when every business decided we're just gonna board up for a while, we had a month. Right. Run- where everything was boarded, Whole Foods, and it was just, it was so it was like a dystopian existence, right? You're you're riding the bike and like you can't look in a window, you can't yeah. see any life. Like, okay, once those came down, I was like, okay, but the thing is, once those came down, half of them stayed up, and now there's a for lease sign. I believe that it's going to take a minimum of five years. Some people are more thinking 10, which when I learn more about it, it's the public transit system, the debt that the city is in, the fact that the rich are moving out and they're a huge part of who contributes to the taxes. Um, sure. You know, yeah. what we've created by allowing by letting a lot of prisoners out of jail because of COVID. And now, you know, this is creating a homeless situation. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And it is sad. I walked around with friends uh, about a week ago At night, and we we were like, it's so wild that there's no. Normally, you walk around, there's people everywhere, and Uh there's no one. And so, it is sad. It is also scary for restaurant owners. I mean, they can't hold on. They can't pay thousands and thousands of on rent when they're not able to be open. And a lot of these restaurants do not have a conducive situation to financially win. Once we get back into things and social distancing changes, because, you know, in New York, you'll sit in a restaurant, people next to you, you're in their conversation.
1: You got to do a bunch of math about the exact number of people you can have, the exact. Yes. Number of people is that like and that all goes right into the rent? And so if you space it out, double what it is, it's like I'm going to make half the money. I'm like, I, I can't pay the bills. You like the
0: bills. You can't pay your staff. You can't pay the liability insurance because guess what? None of that changes as a business owner if you have less people. So I don't think it's dead. I don't think New York will ever die. There's always going to be people that want to come here. There's always going to be things that happen here, but... Each week, we read in the news more companies. NBC had a big layoff, which was interesting because when they do it, they actually send your pink slip and they send you a black SUV to drive you home. So there was like this small parade of black SUVs going, pulling up. Oh, and it was just sad to see on the news, like a funeral procession.
1: It's a, but it's a dubious parade. Yeah, that's that's. that's
0: I you hard. know I also contemplated leaving. I was like, maybe since I'm working from home, I should look and and, and you know get a house somewhere and just set up my studio and, and do my thing, and then. I realized like some of us have to stay and I don't have kids and I don't have a reason to leave. Really. I can wait it out. You know, Sirius isn't going to be open till next year. Most indoor offices aren't going to be open till mid next year. So we'll be continuing to work from home, but those of us who stay can help contribute to the small markets, uh, my nail in my hair salon, small restaurants that we like continuously trying to keep people that are operating afloat. Cause if everybody leaves, we're going to have nothing.
1: So are are you I just I just have to ask her, are, are you are you getting noticed less because you get to wear a face mask? Or do you kind of actually like that?
0: I will probably wear a mask forever. <laughs> I absolutely love I wearing a mask. I think the door's
1: open now to actually continue wearing one, if you'd like, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, I absolutely love it, yes. But you know what? It's hard to even do the math because you see so few people out during the day. You know, Even when you go to a restaurant, you know, there might be 30 tables at Bryant Park, and only four of them are full. So you don't see, you're not having any close exchange. And people here are really good about it. if you're walking down one side of the sidewalk, they literally walk across you know some of our streets are closed so there's more ways to social distance when you walk and the sidewalks don't get crowded so you literally don't have to come in contact with anybody
1: yeah and and, and i'm sh- and having walked having walked around with you in various cities I know that you would you, know you, I, I, I think that you would like not being uh not Great. being the um uh, not being the focus and the attention of some of these various individuals.
0: How are you looking at this season differently? Are you analyzing players differently because of this condensed lack of news that we're getting or because you fear potentially more injuries because of the lack of ramp up to a normal season?
1: Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm preparing for it in a way where it's just, you know, I have three different screens right here where I'm just, I'm streaming every, camp that's that will allow streaming uh some are better than others and you know just other than i mean <laughs> you know it's funny my my wife will walk by and see me doing this stuff and she she wonders because she's having to work from home right now too and so uh, she's just like you know she kind of looks at me like are you ever gonna get to work i'm like special shit I I am working. I need to see how this guy's getting reps with this group or when they go to goal line, who's in here, like stuff like that. And then, you know, but just having to really just keep up with the news, having the alerts from every site, just on my phone, um, and constantly just making sure, you know, just kind of like you said, you know, we can't just focus on our teams being analysts. We have to know about every every team and everything else. So, um,
0: I think they've done a great job with testing. And I think that what we're seeing is as long as these players have the will, right? That they've been educated. You know, they tested their families, which I thought was great that the NFL did that, letting, you know, just so that someone maybe at home wasn't asymptomatic and gave it back to a player, right? And then the player brings that back. But they also educated their families on how to create the perfect bubble at home. And I think it can work. I mean, I really do think, I mean, it's not a bubble like the NBA, it's not perfect. But with what we're seeing all already, I think it's working pretty well.
1: It's been nothing short of amazing, and I mean, just all the knocks on wood. But it's been nothing short of amazing. Um, all right, Lisa, I know you got to get back to it. Before I ask this last question, why don't you tell the people where again where they can find you on SiriusXM? I know it's at the real Lisa Ann on Twitter, and make sure it really is her with the blue check mark next to it because I'm sure there are fake accounts. Uh, yeah, but, don't uh, talk
0: to the creepers that are talking to you pretending they're me. I'm at the real Lisa Ann on Twitter and Instagram. You can hear me Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I uh, joined John Hansen for Guru in the Morning, Sirius XM Fantasy Football, which is 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. You can always go back and listen on demand. I know people working from home are not waking up as early as they once were because they're not having to sit in traffic. So I tell them to go back and listen on demand. And also Sirius XM has put together my podcast, which comes out every Wednesday. It's called the Lisa Ann Experience. And it's my chance to have conversations that aren't necessarily all sports related. And I'm absolutely loving it.
1: Oh, well, I can't. I'll need to go. I'll need to go check that one out because I'll I would love to hear your takes on virtually any topic. But for this last one, it's going to be fantasy football. And the people have to know who's 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 one player you've identified. One player who you just look at their ADP, their average draft position, and just say, this person, this is so stupid that this person's either going so high or so low. It's dumb. It's, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Uh, Antonio Brown, my obvious pick right there, because why is anybody wasting a draft spot? Every draft I've done so far, Antonio Brown has been drafted. He has an eight-game suspension. He doesn't even know if that's going to lead to something else because he has one court case that is not complete. I find it crazy in a scenario where you want to have healthy players who have a role that you trust. I mean, these are analysts that are, like, making great pick after great pick, like oh well, you know a b i'm like you're never going to be able to use that bench space for eight weeks for a b because you're gonna have injuries you're gonna have bye weeks you're gonna have other issues and so to me it's like don't waste a pick on antonio brown that's just fool's gold